we record this podcast with one simple trick. All right, welcome. Uh, we got Nick here um, working with Brock and Vansel. Uh, welcome to our baseball podcast. Uh, I think it's right that we start the podcast off uh, with a little bit of sad news. Uh, Tyler Skaggs and Carlos Carrasco recently. Uh, Tyler Skaggs passed and Carrasco was diagnosed with leukemia. Um, stuff like this really sucks. I know, obviously, we don't know these players personally, but following their careers and uh, all the players throughout the season, you feel like you're close to them, and it just sucks when you see stuff like this. Um, did you guys see Carrasco is potentially going to pitch by the end of the month? Potentially and pitch a lot this season? I think that's pretty interesting. Um, did you guys see his interview? Brock, I don't know if you had any thoughts there. Um, I just saw a little bit of his interview, but uh, that is definitely disheartening on the Skaggs ordeal. They haven't really said what happened, so... Interesting is probably not the right word, but it'll be interesting to see what happened. You're just curious. And, yeah, yeah, curious. And then Carrasco, Cookie, that's that's sad. Um, but it is a good sign that they said they found it early, I think, and it's he'll be fine, knock on wood. But it'll be awesome to see him pitch, and I think it'll be a huge turnout. And I'm rooting for him for sure. Yeah. When Carlos was talking in his interview, he was just saying, like, I'm a baseball player. Like, I feel like I'm in peak physical condition. It's so weird something like this happens to me, and I think that it's kind of the same with Skaggs. Like, they're 27. I don't know how old Carrasco is, but Tyler was 27. Just as crazy. Peak physical condition and stuff like that can happen. All right, we will transition into basketball free agency, some NBA stuff. Uh, I don't know. Vansel, do you have a favorite move and one move that you want to see moving forward? Um, I would say I have, like, a favorite offseason move. I'm – pumped that like I wish Kawhi stayed with the Raptors but I'm glad he didn't go to the Lakers I'm interested to see where Westbrook goes now because they're talking about trading him probably before the season starts yeah I think I just saw on Twitter I think an interesting move would be to the Timberwolves because they've got some young guys like Wiggins yeah and some draft picks that they could move um the Thunder said that I don't know if they said this or just people think that what they'll want is a lot of draft picks and young players to build around. Well, they want to rebuild their mm-hmm. whole roster. I'm also interested to see where D'Lo goes because I'm a big D'Lo fan. Yeah. And they only have, what, like 12 first-round picks in the next six years now, so. Yeah, yeah I know. The, the <laughs> draft picks that they got for in that trade the other day was more draft picks than I've seen in any trade in recent history. I don't know. It was ridiculous. So definitely set up pretty well to rebuild. So I, I think guess the question is, would you rather be the Lakers right now or the Clippers? I think the Lakers are interesting because I feel like how Boogie playing will make a huge difference because, like, mm-hmm. if he comes back healthy and his normal Boogie, then that's three all-stars. Yeah. But I think the Clippers' bench is going to be deeper. Yeah, it's – the Clippers definitely have two guys that you kind of know what you're going to get. Defensive studs, and then with Kawhi and PG, and then the Lakers. LeBron wasn't great last year. Well, he was kind of off and on. It was a lost season. He but was hurt. He still averaged like yeah. twenty-seven points a game. I think in general, my general rule is picking against LeBron is never a good idea. Yeah. So I think I'll probably take the Lakers in that mm-hmm. scenario. Um, I do kind of want to touch on our last podcast. We talked a little bit about a Zion and LeBron comparison. I want to just get it on the record that I think LeBron is the greatest basketball player of all time, and I don't think Zion will get there, but I just think the comp is interesting because he's this huge. He's been hyped incredibly. So I just I don't know what your guys' thoughts are. LeBron, greatest player of all time. Ansel? Yeah. 
I don't really have, like, too big of a thing just because, like, I've never seen, like, Kobe or Michael Jordan play, so it's like, I don't really know. Mm-hmm. But LeBron's definitely the been, like, best player in basketball for the last t- 10 years. I don't really understand the people that hate LeBron and hate the player of, like, our generation. Yeah. Like, I want LeBron to be the greatest of all time, and I will root for him to be the greatest of all time because he's the guy that I grew up watching. Mm-hmm. Um, he's but, also just done, like, so much yeah. from, like, a philanthropy standpoint. He's a hard guy to hate, honestly. Yeah, I know. <laughs> honestly, like, everything he does, like, he's had, like, he married his high school sweetheart. They've been together the whole time. Like, mm-hmm. no scandals, no... Nothing. Literally nothing. And he's just... Built a school. Yeah. Built, built a school. Yeah. He's... He's awesome. I think LeBron is amazing. Space Jam too. Pretty excited for that. Yeah, that's how they're getting all the guys to the Lakers. Like, don't pay them <laughs> full price because they're gonna get money from Space Jam. Didn't work on Clay. Yeah. Well, that's because KD left. <clears throat> what are your guys' overall thoughts on like these crazy off-season basketball moves? Just out of curiosity, Brock. Like, what do you think? Do you think it's good for the game? Do you like? Do you like kind of a more structured system like in other sports where players don't move all over the place in the offseason. Yeah, it, it's a lot different than the other two leagues. I really do like the July of the NBA season because teams just flip off and on. And I'm not like – I can't really watch the NBA throughout the year. But now that they're kind of pairs instead of big super teams, I really do like that. Um, if you look kind of top to the bottom, it's just like two guys besides the Lakers that kind of have three – and the Warriors, of course, but I think it's a lot more spread out now than it has been in the last yeah. five years, so there's, I really do like... it's. There's no guarantee, like, mm-hmm. we already know who pretty much is going to be the, the, like, finals. Yeah. In other sports news, have you guys been watching any of the Wimbledon, or did you have you guys seen anything about Coco Goff? No. You're kind of our tennis plug for this podcast, so... Yeah. Well, Coco Goff was born in 2004... She's 15 years old, and she's in the Sweet 16 of the Wimbledon, which is absolutely absurd. Uh, first time it's happened since the 90s. Um, I'm definitely waking up at 4 a.m. tomorrow to watch her play Simona Halep, um, and that should be interesting. I just, she's amazing. Absolutely amazing. I don't understand. 15 years old. She could be a freshman in high school. Is she just not a freshman in high school? I, I can't imagine she's been going to school. You have to. I feel like you have to just bail on every other aspect of your life in order to be that good at tennis at age fifteen. I mean, she probably has a private tutor. Yeah, you're probably right. But that's just—it's ridiculous. She beat Venus Williams. How old is she? Like double her age. Like thirty-eight or thirty-seven, I think. I think it was the oldest player in the tournament and the youngest player in the tournament playing each other. That's crazy. Insane. She can't even drive a car legally. Well, with a permit, but still, that's ridiculous. She has to drive around with her mom. Where is she from? United States. Atlanta. Really? Yeah, Atlanta. Classic. Um, <clears throat> Women's World Cup. I don't know if you guys saw, but we won. Did you guys watch any World Cup games? Vansel. Uh, I wasn't able to watch like a full game, but I did try to keep up. I'm trying to get more into soccer, especially with um, St. Louis getting an ML- MLS team soon. So I, I was pumped to see it. You know. Rock, did you watch any of yes. the World Cup? Uh, I think this was the first soccer game I've watched beginning to end Match. for exactly for <laughs> 10 years maybe and it, I like the whole atmosphere of soccer games I don't necessarily like the game girl women's games do seem like they're a lot more aggressive mm-hmm. there's not as much like passing back and forth so and when the United States just destroys everyone that's always yeah. nice to watch so 
Yeah, I saw we scored the most goals in Women's World Cup history. I'm pretty sure it helps um, when you start with the 13 yeah. <laughs> win. Um, all right, now we can jump into some baseball. Um, we haven't had a podcast since Pulse's return to Bush. Uh, they actually had the second largest crowd in Bush Stadium history uh, in his first game back. I was there. Got a cool opportunity to see that. Uh, it was pretty cool. Um, what are your guys' thoughts on Pulse's returning to Bush? He had a standing ovation in every single at-bat. I've listened <coughs> to a lot of people in the industry, and they kind of, like, scoffed at that, and they kind of talked down on it and said, like, eh, it was a little bit too much. Wasn't that cool? Um, Brock, I'm curious. What do you think? I was did not like Albert Pujols when he made the decision to go to L.A. <coughs> um, but in hindsight, it was probably for the best for the Cardinals organization. And when he is enshrined into the Hall of Fame, all I mean, all of his records are being broken with the Angels, but he's a Cardinal. Like, when you talk about Albert Pujols, you think of the Cardinals, and he's going to have his number retired, and he's going to be a Cardinal Hall of Famer, and he's going to be a staple of the Cardinals' early 2000s runs. So I think showing him the appreciation that he deserves is fair. So, yeah, it was cool. Yeah, I mean, I understand why. People are like, okay, this is starting to get annoying. But you have to also remember the, like, people that were going to game one and giving standing ovations probably weren't at game three as well. So, like, everyone was just trying to honor him and, you know, show their gratitude. So, Yeah, I kind of thought that, like, the people at game one and game two were obviously different. Maybe game three there were some repeats, but it was a primetime game. It was on TV. I mm-hmm. thought maybe they were trying to show him some primetime love. I thought it was awesome. Looking at Pools' stats in his first – 10 or 11 years with Insane. the Cardinals, just absolutely ridiculous. I saw they they mapped Trout's, um, Trout's entire career on Pools' like, same amount of time with the Cardinals, and Pools just blew him out of the water in every single statistic. Ridiculous to realize how good Pools really was. Yeah, I think we kind of underappreciate him right now and how great he really was. Uh, yeah, I was talking, or I heard a lot of people say that like it helps the Angels, because the Angels have really only seen kind of a little bit of a diminished Albert Pujols. Um, so I think that it was kind of cool. A lot of people were talking about how, like, his Angels teammates, like Trout and Otani and all that, really can appreciate how good he was for us when they saw it. Um. <clears throat> so we can move on to the most added and most dropped lists. Um, so we'll start off with some batters, um, some hitters in the most added list. Lords Guriel. Um, he is the most added batter. Do you guys have any thoughts on Lord Scoriel specifically? Brock. I've talked about it in earlier podcasts. Kind of bashing um, John Riley for trading Lord Scoriel for Chris Paddock, basically straight up. And he's just been killing it. He had another home run today, and he's just been good. Making me eat my words. Um, Another guy that I just picked up that I really like is Heimer Condelario. Not sure if that's how you pronounce his last name. But he's a Tigers third baseman, and he has a 1,000 OPS since being called up from the, from the minors like a week and a half ago maybe. He has four home runs and 23 at-bats, and he has just been raking in. Nobody's really been adding him. He's only owned in 4% of ESPN leagues. So that's a guy you could probably keep an eye on because they had high hopes for him coming into the year. Yeah, I drafted him on my team earlier in the year, um, and I ended up dropping him when he played like garbage. I feel like um, 
they've kind of been talking about Heimer Candelario. He was up and down a little bit last year and kind of got a little bit of hype. He's had uh, little stretches of playing really well and kind of getting hype. So I'd be a little bit uh, wary, but definitely a guy worth keeping an eye on. Uh, Alex Verdugo, what are your thoughts, Vance? He's the second most added player. Yeah, I had him at the beginning of the league, and I, and I dropped him because I didn't really think that he was going to do much this year, and then now he's just been raking. So I'm like, wow. I could be wrong, but was he the guy that had a bunch of walk-offs in a row? He was, he was part one of, of – he had like a sack fly for one of them. Yeah. Maybe two of them. One out of like eight in a row. Yeah. At all. A lot of his numbers do look really good, sabermetrics-wise. Yeah. Um, he, was, he was in the majors briefly last year and hit like over 60% ground balls. Uh, this year he's cut that below 50%. His home run to fly ball rate honestly looks pretty normal. Maybe even a little bit low compared to league average this year at 12%. Hard contact is good. Babbitt was only 300. I think probably of all the guys um, on this list, I think Verdugo is probably one of the more legit. Um, yeah, which I mean. leads into our next topic, Jeff McNeil. Um, 400 BABIP at this point. Uh, he's getting added a lot. Um, Brock, are you adding Jeff McNeil? Uh, I tried to trade Jeff for Jeff McNeil when he was on the IL earlier this year. Um, on the season, he has a 940 OPS. And in the last week, he has almost a 1,200 OPS. He just hits the ball. Um, his sabermetrics don't look great. Um, his BABIP is 400. But he his batting average is three fifty six, and that's insane. That leads the league. Um, not a big power guy. Not a big stolen base guy. Won't fill up a lot of the categories, but he's a good baseball player. And that's fair. And when you look at guys like this, and you see four hundred Babbitt, that's also often like a huge red flag. But he's batting three fifty six. Mm-hmm. So maybe when that Babbitt normalizes, maybe he's only batting three hundred. Yeah, three ten, two ninety, something like that. And that's still something that's serviceable. Um, so just because you see a 400 Babbitt doesn't mean immediately you need to drop him, but maybe try and sell him high or try and offload him a little bit. But definitely worth the ad, probably. Looks like a pretty good baseball player. Uh, James McCann, um, catcher. I don't know if you guys um, – what, what are you guys trying to do, Vance? Are you trying to add James McCann? I mean, isn't he part of a platoon? Like, yeah, he's been getting all of the starts for the most part. I'll look. Fact check that, yeah. but I mean, any catcher that can produce is worth something. So obviously, Adam, even if he is in a platoon, right, right. That's why I put in the podcast notes. He's a catcher who breathes, so maybe we should all add him. He, uh, he's been batting a lot. I don't know if they're because they called up that Collins, I believe is his name, and I thought that he would steal a few starts, but he hasn't. And James McCann's the number five catcher. Um, right now, he's batting 322, nine home runs, four stolen bases. Four steals. You know, I think definitely adding James McCann. His his metrics and his like hard contact rate, fly ball rate, all are pretty bad. But um, that's compared to league average, and obviously all catchers are mm-hmm. probably below league average. Uh, so as compared to other catchers, like Brock said, fifth catcher in fantasy, definitely worth the add. Uh, Kevin Newman was the last guy um, that I wanted to look at. I don't know if you guys have any thoughts on them, Vanceville, Brock. No. No thoughts. Nah, no. Yeah, his his hard contact rate is significantly below league average, which is saying a lot because um, everybody's hitting the ball really hard this year. Uh, his fly ball rate's super low. It's a lot of ground balls. 
Um, I think he's probably has just been getting lucky. Uh, most added pitchers. Uh, we'll start with uh, Brendan McKay. I'll run through the list here real quick, um, and then we can highlight a couple players if you have any thoughts. Uh, Brendan McKay, Dylan Cease, John Means, uh, Lance Lynn, Anibal Sanchez, and Domingo Erman. Uh, Vansel, what are your thoughts on Brendan McKay? I know you've got him in our league. Wrong. Brock has him in our league. Brock, what are your thoughts on Brendan McKay? Brendan McKay had an amazing start against the Rangers. Had a perfect game through five. Um, and then he pitched against the Yankees on Friday. Five innings, three earned runs, three Ks. Um, gave up a home run. That's pretty good for your second start in the league against probably the most daunting um, lineup. Um, he just got sent back down to AAA. They think that it's probably just for the all-star break and they needed to call a guy up, which was Nate Lau or Low, whichever one he is. <laughs> and I think McKay will get called back up um, after the all-star break and just kind of be a staple in the rotation. And at the floor, I think he's just a good pitcher. Um, but you saw in his first start that he can be really good. How big strikeout guy. Yeah, that was yeah. a guy. Definitely induced a lot of weak contact in that mm -hmm. first start. Yeah. I watched it. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just not mm -hmm. really good for our Roto categories. Yeah. Um, are we worried about an innings limit? Like, do you think we he would get shut down at the end of the year? Did, had, did, did they limit it enough? I mean, he'll probably have an innings limit. I just don't know if they managed it enough. I, I think it'll depend on when they call him back up. If they give him some rest, um, wait till a little bit later in July. I think they just let him go all out in August and then September. But innings limits are always no one really knows. Mm -hmm. Definitely an option. Any of those other names you want to talk about specifically? I want to talk about Cease. All right. Um, so I had him. I picked him up whenever <coughs> they announced that he'll be like kind of making his start around this time. But I ended up trading him because I'm not too sure how much value he'll have this year. Or the White Sox are, like, you know, not, like, the best offense. And he wasn't even putting up that great of numbers in AAA. His first start was okay. Kind of walked a lot of batters, walked four, struck out six, five innings, three earned. And I just don't know if this year he'll really be, like, the prospect he is supposed to be. But, I mean, if he's available, I feel like he'd be worth the ad. I am going to talk about Lance Lynn. This dude is an animal. He is doing what he did with the Cardinals and just eating innings, going seven innings almost every single outing, except he's striking guys out now. Coming off Tommy John, he is tied for the um, MLB leader and wins. He's 11-4. and four. He has 123 Ks, 26 walks. A 3-9 ERA, which isn't great, but in, in this environment, it's respectable. He's just been striking guys out and not walking anyone, and that's really good in the categories league. So, Lancelin is a stud. I'm sure he's owned in your league, um, but he, I don't know how he's not owned in every league. I would say the same uh, about Domingo Erman on this list. I think he should definitely be on in every league. I know he was on the IO for a little bit, and I saw that he kind of snuck into this most added list. So if he was dropped in any of your leagues, I definitely would say go add him. He's kind of having a breakout year, which is kind of something that we expected for a while. He pitched well at the end of last year, 
and has carried it over into this year. And I think that the IL stint, um, he'd kind of gone off the rails a little bit, had two bad starts in a row, and then went on the IL. So I guess maybe some well, they, people were discouraged. They said it was kind of because of his injury was bothering him. Right. That, that was what I figured. And I guess some people were discouraged by that and ended up dropping him. And he's now on the most ad list. I definitely think if he's available, go get him by low if people have um, – a poor opinion of him right now. Definitely, I think Domingo Ramon is somebody that you want owned. Yeah. Anibal Sanchez, Don, John Means. John Means, the all-star. John Means, the all-star. I was so confused. I thought it was going to be Mancini. Yeah. From Baltimore. Or is even uh, Jonathan Villar. Villar. VR. VR. Like the headset. John Means, the all-star. Does he need to be owned everywhere like an all-star? No. He's think, not playing in a good park, not playing for a good team. Yeah, I think I'm on board with that. And his K to walk is just no, not good enough. No. And then Anibal Sanchez. You guys trying to add Anibal Sanchez? He put together a good season last year and has kind of kept it going. Yeah, I haven't really kept up with him, but from what I've heard, he's been decent. So any yeah. decent pitcher is going to be hard to find. Right. So he's probably worth and added any league coming yeah. off of a year where he was good. Yeah, I've got three leagues, and I can't say honestly in any of the leagues, I think I'm good on pitching. I don't need any yeah. good pitchers. So I think probably across the board, everybody needs pitching help. Anibal Sanchez definitely should be on it. And the Nationals are playing better now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, true. Danny Salazar, I'm going to plug him in right here. He might be on the most added pitchers list soon. <laughs> I just picked him up. He started his rehab in low A. Two years ago, he was an all-star. Last year, got hurt. Um, he pitched, faced five, five batters, five strikeouts. Um, just because I'm so pitchy, pitcher hungry, I'm taking a waiver that he will pitch this year for the Indians, who are playing really well. I honestly have always been a big Danny Salazar fan. I had him on my on my roster, I think two years ago and three years ago, both. I've always really liked him. He has just got the nastiest stuff. He has always had a little bit of a problem controlling it. But if he could if he could put it all together, he could be incredible. And I've always thought that. So definitely, I didn't even realize. I thought he was done for the whole year entirely. I didn't realize that they were going to try and get him back. So definitely, I will be looking for him in my other leagues probably. I've always been a huge Salazar guy. Then why didn't you add him? I know that he was going to come back. I, I should have been looking more into it, I suppose. <laughs> so you're just a liar. <laughs> All right, most dropped pitchers. Uh, Brad Peacock is number one. He is injured, um, and I know that he had a couple of bad starts right before that injury. I have, from what I read, a lot of these guys that have been injured and been putting on the 10-day IL right now is just kind of with the assumption uh, or the understanding that the All-Star break is in here, so you kind of already have four days off uh, built in. So putting them on the 10-day IL really isn't going to hurt their playing time that much. It just gives you a little bit more roster flexibility. I think from what I read, Peacock is kind of one of those guys. I don't, I'm not really sure he um, is expecting a long-term act, uh, absence. Um, so I think that I li- have liked Peacock. He's been having a really good year. I don't know if you guys have any thoughts specifically on Brad Peacock. I drafted Brad Peacock. Thought he was going to be in the, in the um, bullpen at the beginning of the year. Dropped him. And he's been really good. And again, I'm going to sound like a broken record now, but good pitching is almost impossible to find. I would not be dropping Brad Peacock, who is probably a top 40, 50 pitcher. That's, you're just not going to find that on the waiver wire in all, really any league. So he's definitely worth holding. Once you're in a shallow league, then I would yeah. say. 
But even in a shallower league, if you have, I don't know, five starters, like, I think he would be a serviceable fourth or fifth guy. Yeah. It says he's been fighting a sore shoulder over the last month, which probably explains a lot of his struggles recently. Um, he gave up six earned runs in his last start. Um, his, his ERA for the year is still 413. All of his numbers look pretty good. 24th ranked pitcher in 5 5 category Roto League. Uh, it says he underwent an MRI and it revealed inflammation. It says he plans to play catch in about a week and is targeting a return to the rotation following the All-Star break. Um, so I definitely, I would not be dropping Brad Peacock. I have him in our league and I have not dropped Brad Peacock. Um, so I'm going to hold on to him. Like we've said, pitching is definitely something that's a commodity nowadays. Plesak, the next guy on the most dropped list. Vansel, what are your thoughts on Plesak getting dropped? I mean, I have him. It's just all-star break coming up. He's not scheduled to pitch before. So I believe they were able to um, reinstate Greg Allen from the DL, IL. Um, so he's going to be back in the rotation. He did have a couple of rough starts, but I'm not too worried about it. I mean, he is a rookie. Yeah. That's going to be expected. So you, I'm not worried about him. You do see a lot of those teams, like when their pitchers kind of get roughed up, toward their younger pitchers that get roughed up before the All-Star break, they'll just send them down or put them on the IL just to yeah. ease them in. Yeah. Let them have a little break, extended break. He's going to be back up right after. I mean, the rotation needs it with all their injuries. And he's been pretty solid this year, too. Probably not the perfect spot for a plug, but have we heard anything about Corey Kluber? Return? Um, he fractured his arm. His return? <laughs> I, I don't know anything about Kluber coming back. I know originally when he had, uh, when the news had come out, um, they had said that he planned on coming back at the end of the year. Um, looks like his last player update was a week and a half ago. He's been cleared to play catch. Underwent an MRI this week. Doctors cleared him to resume throwing. He's able to throw from 60 feet, uh, but he still has several steps to go before he's ready to pitch for Cleveland again. So I think... Probably end of the season, yeah. last couple of weeks type deal is probably best case scenario. There. I just didn't know with Carrasco potentially coming back and Kluber coming back if that would affect Plezak at all. Maybe. Yeah, it, it definitely could. Uh, next most dropped pitcher is Merrill Kelly. Um, I honestly don't know why he's getting dropped. Um, looking at his full season stats, he looks like he's been pitching pretty well. Um, definitely something I could look into, like sabermetrics-wise. I don't know if there's something that other people are seeing. Um, that I'm not, but I, I like him. He's been, he's definitely been unlucky recently, like in wins loss. He's kind of been unlucky all season wins loss, but you can say unlucky, but he does play for the Diamondbacks. I'm not sure how many wins they necessarily have or how often he gets a lot of run support. Um, but his, his numbers look good. I definitely, like I said, in, in a league or in leagues where pitching is quite the commodity, I would not be dropping Merrill Kelly. And if he does, I'd probably pick him up. Um, Last on the most dropped list is Framber Valdez, um, whereas Mario Kelly I would not drop. Framber Valdez I think is probably safe to drop. He kind of got a lot of hype. I think a lot of um, people dropping him, uh, he got a, a lot of hype last week, bumped all the way up to 10% owned, and now he's back down to 2%. I think that's probably right around where he belongs. Um, I think uh, he's optioned. Yeah, he's just optioned the other day after Wednesday. I'm not sure what their plans are. Um, coming up, coming down. It wasn't a bad stint that he had up in, in the majors. Four, five, seven ERA, one, three, seven whip. I guess it's not great. Uh, his kid ball isn't bad, um, but definitely, um, though they may pull him back up after the All Star break. But I don't think he's really worth a roster spot at this point. Yeah, the Astros back half of the rotation is interesting. 
because they just called up Jose Arquitty and he got rocked today. Um, Forrest Whitley did he started throwing again. He was bad at the beginning of the year in the minors, but he, I don't know, he could be a guy that they try to call up in August at the beginning of August just to see what they have, because like with Framber Valdez, like he does have a road like a clear path to be in the rotation if he's healthy and pitching well. So I don't know. I don't like him. I mean, they still have Colin McHugh and they have mm. Corbin Martin. They just have so many guys. Um, oh, Corbin, Corbin Martin. Martin is, he had Tommy John. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, they don't have Corbin Martin anymore. Colin McHugh is back and throwing again, right? He's Is he in the bullpen right now? I don't know. He's on either on his way to get healthy or just got healthy. Um, they they have a lot. definitely have a lot of pieces. Um, some batters um, that have been dropped. Uh, Listella, unfortunately, broke his tibia. Um, isn't probably going to play for the rest of the year. They said, or if he does, it'll be towards the end. That's unfortunate. He's definitely having a career year. Um, all-star was an all-star. First time all-star, I believe, for Listella. Definitely is a bummer to see him go down. Dietrich is on the most dropped list. Um, you guys dropping Dietrich? Absolutely not. Yes. With Scooter Jeanette coming back, I will preface with Scooter Jeanette coming back is the reason people are dropping Dietrich. With Scooter Jeanette re-entered his groin, I don't know if that's going to be a lingering injury the rest of the year. And if it is, Dietrich is worth holding on to just because he's he's double D. Um, uh, I want to talk about the Reds throwback uniforms today. The sleeveless jerseys. Sleeveless. And, I mean, you have Derek Dietrich on that team, one of the most players that walks around with a lot of swag, rocking the cutoff, Yasiel Puig. Dupuy's arms were massive. Yes. I would buy that jersey. Just imagine what Billy Hamilton would have looked like in that red <laughs> twig. Just, just he probably nasty. would wear sleeves. <laughs> <laughs> Billy Hamilton wears sleeves. Um, so Carpenter, Matt Carpenter, <laughs> is on the most dropped list. Um, he's on the IL currently with a lower back strain. I put it in quotes uh, as somebody that watch, watches the Cardinals games all the time. I thought they didn't say anything about it. He just sat three games in a row. Um, I thought he was just playing poorly and they were just sitting him. And then all of a sudden he turns up on the IL right before the All-Star break. I'm curious what your guys' thoughts are on Matt Carpenter. After the All-Star break, what kind of playing time is going to get? Tommy Edmonds has been playing pretty well. Would you guys be dropping Matt Carpenter? I don't know if I would necessarily drop him, but... Uh, I don't know if I'd necessarily be starting him either till he shows any signs of life. And, like, I don't know how much playing time he's necessarily going to get when he does come back because Edmund's been raking. Wong is really good at defense Munoz. most of the time. Munoz has been playing well. And so I just don't know. I feel like Edmund's just going to cut into Carpenter's playing time. Yeah, I uh, I just Carpenter is just such a historical slow starter, and then he always turns it on and has these crazy stretches. So this is just slower than normal. This is definitely slower and longer than normal. I would be hesitant to drop him, but I don't think at this point you really need to hold a roster spot for him. Unfortunately, which is hard to say, but I if there's something on the waiver wire, let's let's compare it to some of these other guys on the most added list. Uh, would you drop Carpenter for McKay? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I think I would too. But not because McKay's hitting. Right. Pitching. Yeah. yeah. Right. For pitching. I just um, want to clarify that. Um, I don't think. What about any of those guys that we talked about? Batters. Verdugo. Would you drop Matt Carpenter for Verdugo? Well, Verdugo's been raking. So yeah. 
Really? I would say no, really? still. And McNeil? Would you flop? For a category. If you need batting average help, which most people probably don't look at that at all, yeah. then yes. But points leaks? Because Carpenter walks so much. Yes. Even And even when he's been playing poorly, he's still been walking. Carpenter is so hard to value yeah. because everyone that owns him is just waiting for him to turn it on, mm-hmm. and they've been waiting this long. That I don't know. I would hold on to him. Especially if you have an open aisle spot, yeah. obviously. Um, uh, next up is Piscotti. Uh, Piscotti was having kind of just a Piscotti season. Um, he had just had a right knee sprain, could miss a month. I think I'm probably okay with people dropping Piscotti. I just dropped Piscotti. He hasn't been great this year. No real category killer guy. Um, just kind of average. And a right knee sprain, they said... Anything with the knee is scary, and when they said, like basically at least a month probably, that's worrisome. So I would, I was okay with dropping him. So I think, even in, especially in shallower leagues, you can nix him. Uh, these next guys uh, were being dropped in, I will say, fewer leagues, but they're all guys that kind of uh, maybe even surprised me a little bit to be on the list. Uh, one particular um, name that I want to talk a little bit about. Um, but first of all, the first three guys, Paul DeYoung, Tim Anderson, Austin Meadows. Would you guys be dropping any of those three guys? No. Not in our league. Think about it in our other league where we're 10 man, right? 10 or even 12. 12, I think. 12. Tim Anderson. I feel like Tim Anderson you could potentially drop just because because shortstop is so deep. And I was going to say the same thing about Meadows. If you're in a three outfielder league, um, Meadows has been ice cold <coughs> for the last month. Yeah. So I think you can get rid of Meadows if there's a, a comparable option. Obviously, I wouldn't rage drop him right now because yeah. he's been cold. I want to drop Meadows just because he has so much potential. I mean, he was just raking for the first two months of the season, and he is still so young that there's a really good chance he bounces back and mm-hmm. bats 300 in the second half. And the Rays have kind of been in a little lull yeah. as well. I think the All-Star break will do well for the Rays as a team. I think Tim Anderson, um, in points leagues, I'm not sure he even deserved to be owned before he got hurt. Um, but in the categories leagues where I think he was probably already owned, I don't think I would be dropping Tim Anderson just because of his power-speed combo. I think it's really um, it's really valuable in the categories league. So I still would not drop Tim Anderson if I had him in a categories league. If I had to drop one, I would drop Tim Anderson. Yeah, that's fair. Paul DeYoung, I don't really think, deserves to be dropped anywhere. He is definitely no. slumping a little bit right now. His strikeout rate's still way down from last year, and I think Paul DeYoung is good. Uh, Luke Voigt. Um, this is the one that I wanted to talk about specifically. Luke Voigt is on the most dropped list. Um, he's on the IL right now, but they say he's going to come back um, end of the All-Star break. But I'm curious what you guys think about Luke Voigt's playing time. Uh, he was a slightly cold before um, the, the IL, but I'm curious what you guys think about Luke Voigt. Brock, would you drop Luke Voigt? Absolutely not. This, and we've talked about how shortstop is really deep. First base is very shallow. And Luke Voigt was, I would say, I don't think it would be too absurd to say he was a top five first baseman in the first half of the season. Um, and I love Luke Voigt, ex-Cardinal. I would not drop him in any league. Yeah, I mean, especially in that Yankees lineup, even with how like deep they are when they're all healthy, if he's not if he's starting four games a week, I'm starting him for a whole week, even mm-hmm. if you have to like set your lineup. 
Uh, last guy on the list I don't really think we need to talk about very much, Travis Shaw. Uh-huh. Are we done with Travis Shaw? Yeah. What about Dynasty Leagues? Yeah. You're done with Travis Shaw in Dynasty Leagues? Yeah. Where's he going to play? He He's done. <laughs> he's old. It's just... He's old. He's second time sent back down. And this time it wasn't really because of an injury type thing. Like, they thought he could have just been hurt. He's just not very good this year. I would get rid of him or sell him for someone's worst player. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'm done with Travis Shaw as well. All right. We're going to do a quick game of Fantasy Feud. Brock v. Vansel. And we're going to do four different rounds. We're just going to do it. Um, do we have speed answers? Like the speed round? Um, well, no. No, we don't. We don't have a speed round. Did you pull 100 people? <laughs> no, I did not pull 100 people. This is our, uh, this this is is our pilot episode, so we will. <laughs> yes. So we got Fantasy Feud. Um, so there are various categories. Um, the first one is going to be walk rate. So I have the top seven names in walk rate in the majors in front of me. Um, we're just going to do a simple raise of hand. Wait, I want to slap. Um, I'm slapping the table. Okay, Vance is going to slap the table. You have to um, have your hand in. Okay. Hands on your sides. So Don't slap the table. <laughs> first category is walk rate. Go. Uh, Brock is first. Reese Hoskins. Reese Hoskins is number three. Would you like to pass or play? Play. Play. Brock is going to play. So we got the top seven names in walk rate in the major leagues. Give me another name. Bryce Harper. Bryce Harper. That is incorrect. Bryce Harper is number nine. <laughs> number just nine. Just outside the top seven. <laughs> Idiot. Honestly, um, can you believe One that? strike. Whoa. Oh, yeah. I guess it's three strikes. Kevin Biggio. I do not think he qualifies. That's oh, a strike. That is a strike. strike. That is a strike. Two strikes. Mike Trout. Wrong. Mike Trout is number one. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. You have number one and number three. There are five other names on the board. Um, yeah. Christian Yelich. Christian Yelich is number 13. That is three <sighs> strikes. Vansel has a chance to steal a round. Vansel. <laughs> Bellinger. Bellinger is number 12. Oh, round number one goes to Barack. Who, were, who rounds out the top yeah. seven? All right, we'll read out the top seven. Number one, Mike Trout, 19.7%. Number two, Daniel Vogelbach. Whoa. Number three, Reese Hoskins. Number four, Alex Bregman. Number five, Carlos Santana. Number six, Brandon Belt. Number seven, Mookie Betts. Mookie Betts is still up there. All right, the next category. Are we ready? Everybody ready to uh, slap Hands the table? Hands out your sides. Everybody ready to slap the table? We are going to do the top five for hard contact rate. Vansel. Mike Trout. Mike Trout is not in the top five for hard contact rate. What? All right, Brock, you got a chance to uh, grab somebody on the top five hard contact rate. Um, I'm going to go with... Do I have a timer? Yeah, you have three. I'm just going to go with Cody Bellinger. Cody Bellinger is number two. Would you like to pass or play? I'm just going to keep playing. All right. Brock is going to play. There are four other names on the board. Hard contact rate. Um, I will go with Christian Yelich. Christian Yelich is number one. You have number one and number two off. There are three names left on the board, and you have three strikes left. I will go with... This one might be... Edwin Encarnacion. Edwin Encarnacion is not in the top five, unfortunately. Strike number one. Idiot. 
Um, I'm gonna go with. Fran Mill Reyes. Fran Mill Reyes is not. He's number eleven. Not uh, in the top five. Strike number two. Not even in the top ten. Gosh. Um, we just keep saying the same three names for all these batting. Um, what about Vlad Jr.? Vlad Jr. is not in the top five. Strike number three. Vansel, you got a chance to steal. Who have we said so far? Cody Bellinger, Christian Yelich. Okay. Can we be any more obvious? <laughs> yes. Really good. Oh, um. Vansel. Daniel Vogelback. Daniel Vogelbach is not in the top five. Round Whoa. number two goes to Brock. That's good. Where was Vel? Who was Vogelback on the list? Vogelbach, I do not see in the top thirty. Uh, I we've got I just forgot number three, Hunter Renfro. Oh, I almost um, said Hunter Renfro. Number four, Justin Turner. Whoa! What? He just hit like his fourth home run today. <laughs> number five, his first three were against me. Freddie Freeman. Ooh. So, I do kind of want to touch on a couple of those guys. Hunter Renfro, specifically. I just want to keep playing. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Hunter Renfro, I think, is uh, interesting, specifically. So, all those other four guys all have BABIPs over 330, which makes sense because they're hitting the ball really hard. Mm -hmm. Hunter Renfro's BABIP is 241. That's a big Um, difference. Huge difference. Um, I think, I don't know if it has to do with, um, he does hit a little bit more ground balls than all of them, but not really significantly. His fly ball rate's really high. His line drive rate is definitely the lowest, uh, which would probably impact his Babbitt, but I don't think by that much. I think the way that he's hitting um, the ball, I think that probably um, his, his batting average will come up. Um, so I think that's something that you can definitely keep your eye on, Hunter Renfro. <coughs> also, like you just mentioned, uh, Justin Turner, I don't know how many, how many home runs you said he had, um, but if he's hitting the ball that hard, I think probably the home run number will continue to climb. And obviously, Cody Bellinger he has and nine Bellinger are ridiculously good. All right, we are going to do. Whoa, I haven't even said the category yet. I got anxious. Um, you guess. All right, you guys got to give me a chance Watch to pull out. this up here. Oh, okay, are we doing pitchers now? No, we're not doing pitchers. We'll do pitchers next. Okay. We are going to do. Mike Trout. Batting strikeout rate, top eight. Best or worst? So, like, the highest strike rate. Okay, so, okay, you're striking okay, out okay, the okay. most. Oh. Actually, we'll do top six. Top six guys that strike out the most? Yes. Okay. okay. Who are you thinking? Uh, we haven't hit the table. Yeah, somebody's got to hit the buzzer. <laughs> All right, Brock. Uh, Bryce Harper? <laughs> top six. Bryce Harper is not in the top good. six. Bryce good, Harper good, is good. number 18. He was one, like, number one for most of the years. So. All right, Vansel. Um, who's just someone that's really bad? Austin Hedges. No. <laughs> All right, you guys each failed that round. We will find a new category. Who was number one? Number one is Will Myers. Oh. 35.5%. <laughs> uh, number two is Brandon Lau. Uh, both of those people I have traded to Brock this year. Good um, idiot. I don't care. Number three ever. is Michael Chavis. Apparently, uh, I don't look at strikeout. Number four is Rude Ned Odor. I want a new answer. Austin yeah. Riley. Austin Riley is not on the list either. Uh, I'm not sure if he does not qualify. He probably doesn't qualify. Yeah, he probably doesn't qualify yet. Um, qualify. Number five is Domingo Santana. Trash. Um, and number six is Jorge Soler. All right, now we will do... <laughs> Um, I'll, I'll grab 
something. Max Scherzer. Okay. Well, we haven't even gotten there yet. We're going to go pitching. Mm-hmm. We're going to go best XFIP. Oof. Can you explain what XFIP is to our listeners? XFIP is, uh, so FIP by itself is fielding independent pitching. So basically it's predicting your ERA um, based on taking all the feeling out of it. So you kind of factor out um, like the batted ball data. So like BABIPs and all that kind of stuff. You kind of take all that out. So basically it's supposed to be what your ERA is supposed to be if you um, basically pitched infinity innings is the idea. Um, so XFIP takes FIP and it just normalizes home run rate. So it sets home run to fly ball rate at 10%. So FIP does not do that. Um, so it kind of factors in if you have a really bad home run to fly ball rate. So XFIP just um, normalizes all home run to fly ball rate so that it's all the same across the board. He didn't say go yet. Top six, Vansel. Kershaw. Kershaw is not in the top six. Kershaw is number 15. Step. You don't get to go again. <laughs> I hit the buzzer. Pinjun Ryu. Ryu is number four. Brock, would you like to play or pass? I would love to play. You'd love to play. All right, top six. Let's hear it. Justin Verlander. Justin Verlander is not in the top six. Wow. Ooh, Yikes. pick me now. Strike number one. Oh. Brock. I'm going to go with another Astros pitcher, Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole is number one. Yes. And with a 267x fit. Um, and now, really, really good. I'm just going to go all the top guys. Max Scherzer. Max Scherzer is number two. Two um, eight. I'm going to go with one Jake DeGrom. Jacob DeGrom is number nine. Strike number two. Ooh. Um, so you've got Ryu, Scherzer, Cole. There are three names left on the board. If I just went on a blank on his name, but I know he's a raised pitcher and he's Morton. old. Yeah, Charlie Morton. Nope. Charlie Morton is number uh. eight. <laughs> Strike number what three. Is, I just named Bansel, you have a chance to steal. Oh. Um, Odorizzi? No. Odorizzi is not in the top 30. It does not look Who rounded out the top I just can't even take a picture. Top right six, now. we got Shane Bieber at number Ooh. three, uh, which is a little bit surprising. Uh, I know a lot of people thought he was going to be a breakout candidate. I think that probably is accurate. Um, he's not bad. His team, he's trash. Chris yeah. Sale is number three or number five, rather. He's been really bad. And Blake bad. Snell is number six. Wow. Blake Snell. I am not surprised by this in the slightest. We talked about Blake Snell and how we weren't worried. So yeah, Blake Snell. Um, his 2018, 2019 numbers. All of these numbers are 2018 and then 2019. Um, ERA 189 in 2018, 47 in 2019. His XFIP. Um, 216 um, last season and 314 this season. So it is up, uh-huh. certainly, uh, but still one of the best in the league. His K percentage has gone up from 31.6 to 32.8. His walk percentage, which if Blake Snell were to ever struggle, I would have guessed it would be because he was walking too many batters. That's kind of always what he struggled with in the minors. This year he's gone from a 9-1 walk percentage last year in his Cy Young season to an 8.3. He's actually walking less batters, fewer batters this season. His BABIP against has gone up from 241 last year to 351. Uh, so obviously 241 is low, 351 is high. Mm-hmm. So he's gone from being lucky to being unlucky. Uh, and his hard contact rate has actually gone down. Her hard contact rate against from 357% to 33.9. So I think everything that we see there suggests that we are seeing some combination of him going from being lucky 
to now being unlucky and also regressing a little bit. Um, so I don't really think there's any reason to be worried about Blake Snell. Yeah, that was a great segment, but he's really ugly, so. Well, okay. Um, all right, so now we're going to go from XFIP to ERA. So now we're going to go top six ERA. Vance. Starting pitcher. What, wait, starting pitchers or relievers? Or starting pitchers. Ryu. Ryu's number one. We're going top <laughs> six. Smack Would you like to play or pass? I'll pass. Oh You'll pass. All right, Brock. Brock has already won three of our categories, and we're only doing four, so Brock is pretty much already our champion, but let's see if Vancell can uh, save a little bit of face here. Charlie Morton. Charlie Morton is number four. You are correct. Um, Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole is not in the top six. Garrett Cole Gosh. is number 11. Um, Two names off the board. Justin Verlander. Justin Verlander is number eight. Two strikes. <laughs> Um, Scherzer. Scherzer is number three. Um, I'm going to Kershaw. Kershaw is number 12. Three strikes. Vansel. Let's see if you can steal. How many more players do I need to name? There are three names left. Mm-hmm. Ryu, yep. Scherzer, yep. and Morton have already been... Yep. Have already been said. Yeah. So there's three names left. Okay. Ah, uh, easy. <laughs> hmm. This is a tough one. What about Rich Hill? I'm Rich not, Hill, I'm not sure if he qualifies. He's not on the yeah, list. I'm I didn't know if he had right enough innings. Can I guess? No, no, no. no. Just, just all right. So Brock takes all four of our categories. <sighs> yes. Um. So the others, number two is Luis Castillo. That's who I was going to guess. Oh, man, me too. Number five <laughs> is Mike Miner. Number six is Zach Greinke. I completely forgot about um, So Miner. there wasn't a tie, but I did have a tiebreaker category. I don't know if you guys are interested. Oh, yeah, we'll give Vance another shot. Tiebreaker, the I just tiebreaker gave you question, a shot. <laughs> the tiebreaker question is going to be the only MLB team with two players with 25 home runs. Vance. <laughs> <laughs> what? Three. Uh, two. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Three, two, one, guess. It is the um I don't know, the Dodgers. The Padres. The Padres. What, are you, what kind of Padres fan right. are you? <laughs> Says the guy that is like, I'm not a Padres fan. I'm a Padres. You're a like, Padres. I'm an athletics fan. No. I'm a The only fan. team with two players with 25 home runs, and neither of them are in the home run derby. I know. Um the Yankees have one with one player with 25 home runs and one player with 24 home runs. So as long as Gary Sanchez did not hit a home run today, that's... He did hit a home run today. No, he didn't. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the Padres are the only team with 25 home runs on two of their players. Five, oh, um, <laughs> okay. Brock 5, Vansel 0. Um, stay right. tuned for Dude, I told you I the next episode it. of Fantasy Feud. All right, we've got a few other things to round out the podcast, uh, some other n- news and notes. Um, I have two slash lines, and I want you guys to guess who is who. Um, one of them is Billy Hamilton, and one of them is Jose Ramirez. Slash lines are 217, 284, 271, with 16 stolen bases. Oh, that one's well, Jose Ramirez. No, the other that's, one, that's Billy Hamilton. The other one is 217, 309, 345, and 18 stolen bases. Oh, wait, no, I know the stolen bases, so yeah. 18 is Jose Ramirez. Yeah, yeah. But that's insane. <laughs> yes, they have Billy the Hamilton, same batting average on the year. Billy Hamilton's like widely known as the worst hitter in baseball. And he yeah, like is, anyone that likes Billy is dumb. 
Okay. Um, <laughs> Wait, were we right? Yes, you were right. Uh, Jose Ramirez is the one with 16 stolen bases. Um, it's just absurd that you would even have any sort of question at this point in the season based on where each of them are getting drafted. And like you said, based on everybody just kind of understanding uh, that Billy Hamilton is just not a great batter. He's known for his defense. And Jose Ramirez, MVP candidate the last two years. Um, so that's just ridiculous. I thought it was crazy how um, – I mean – Yes, Jose Ramirez's on-base percentage and slugging obviously look a lot better, but they have the same batting average, and it's crazy. Um, even just a week and a half ago or two weeks ago, they were even a lot closer. Billy Hamilton's batting average is like 20 points higher, and that was uh, just because Jose Ramirez has had a pretty good last couple weeks. They've been going the opposite direction. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. They've been going the opposite direction. Billy Hamilton isn't even playing all the time. Um, they did just play, I believe, a series um, where they did not have a DH, which probably mm-hmm. aided to the fact they needed to move some people around, and Billy kind of caught the bad end of that. Um, but um, Billy Hamilton is no longer an everyday player, which hurts me to see and hurts me to say, um, but it's unfortunate. I think that Billy Hamilton is kind of on his way out. Ho- hopefully, Jose Ramirez is turning it around. Um, I thought this was an interesting stat. Javi Baez. Yep. Uh, oh, yeah. He's had oh. 75 plate appearances involving an 0-2 count. If you guys had to guess, over or under, Brock just looked at it, so he can't guess. Um, over under 310 batting average in his 75 plate appearances with an 0 2 count, Vansel, and talk about it a little bit. Probably. I feel like it's a trick question, so I'm going to go ahead and guess over. You are correct. You have not been tricked. Um, he has a 315 batting average, um, 333 on base, and 781 slugging in those uh, plate appearances. First of all, 75 plate appearances with an 0 2 count is ridiculous. In and of itself, eight doubles, nine homers. Um, it's ridiculous. He bats really, really well after going down 0-2, which he does a lot. Yeah. He hits the ball really hard. He's pretty good. Um, I mean. So if you guys had to guess, how many teams would you say in the major leagues over or under 15 have fewer 10K strikeout games than Max Scherzer by himself since his debut? Under? Can you tell us how you many? You think fewer than 10 teams. How many 10K games? I thought it was 15. 15. 15, sorry. Yeah, under. He has 91 10K games since his debut. I'm going to go with, we're guessing the number of teams. No, Over or under 15 teams? Under. Under? You think fewer than fi- 15 teams? I bet it's right at 15. It is over, actually. I mean. Um, the teams that have fewer 10K starts than Max Scherzer. Since his debut, Phillies, Cubs, White Sox, Rangers, D-backs, Yankees, Mariners, Angels, Brewers, Marlins, Jays, Cardinals, Reds, Braves, Rockies, Padres, Bucks, Royals, A's, Twins, and O's. And the Orioles only have 20 10K starts in that time span, and Scherzer has 91. He is absolutely ridiculous. Remember when the Cardinals should have signed Max Scherzer, and then we didn't? It's like every team's like, yeah, we were going to draft Mike Trout. Yeah, we were going to draft Max Scherzer. Well, you didn't. No, it's a sign Max Scherzer. I know. I just mean, like, we're always. He would have taken a hometown discount. We're dumb. Max Scherzer is ridiculous. Um, So next up, I want you guys to give me some home run (coughs) derby brackets. Let's talk about the first round. <coughs> it was supposed to be Yelich Vlad. I'd picked Vlad. I was super pumped about my upset pick. Um, Yelich now. has now gone down with some sort of injury, and now Matt Chapman is going to be replacing him. So Matt Chapman, Vlad, Vansel. Oh, I'm in this? Yes. I didn't know I was in the home run derby. Just <laughs> Matt Chapman or Vlad? Who will win? Vlad. Chapman. You want to talk about it? Why do you think Vlad's going to win? I mean, 
he just hit BP bombs. Like, everyone says that it's like the ball sounds different off of his bat. Like, I, I think that he, he's going to do very well. He hit ball hard. Um, 21 home runs is a lot greater than eight home runs on the year. Um, just let me finish. <laughs> if you can hit the ball out of the park against fast pitching better than someone, I think you can hit the ball out better when it's soft toss to you. I also just love Matt Chapman. He just kind of got thrown into this. And he is the most underrated superstar in the league. And I think that he's going to shine when he finally has some spotlight. It's more that I'm just rooting for Chapman. Um, but I... All right, so then we have Bregman and uh, Jock Peterson. Vansel. Bregman. Jock. I am on Team Jock as well. I think Jock is going to be Bregman in this. Um, so why do you think Bregman? I think that Bregman will be able to hit more line drive home runs, which is going to be better suited for the new home run derby style, which that's the only reason. Brock's jocks will be out in full force. Yeah, I just think Jock is a really, really good home run hitter, and he's going to have somebody soft tossing him, and I just think that's what Jock is built for. Um, yeah. Pete Alonso uh, versus Carlos Santana. Pete Alonso. This is the one I struggled with. I, I'm i going to go with Santana, hometown um, hero. That would be fun. That would be really fun. I... Um, I picked Alonzo. I think that largely Santana... I don't think Santana's a huge home run hitter. No. Um, I think that he's largely in it just because he's a hometown guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Alonzo's going to... I think Alonzo's going to take the whole thing. Oh, spoilers. Spoilers, yes. <laughs> easy, easy, easy. Um, easy. Too. All right, all right. Last first round matchup. Bell versus Acuna. This was a tough one for me. I, th- I have Bell winning. I agree. This was also the toughest one for me to pick. Yeah, I I can't remember what I picked when I filled out my bracket, but now that I'm looking at it... Why not? I went Bell. I know I went Bell. I think Acuna. He's just... the When he hits it hard, it's insane. And Bell's just like a powerhouse. I haven't watched a lot of him, but the homers that I have seen from him, they're not really moonshot. They're more like line drive like Bregman. And I like the big towering home runs that Acuna hits. I picked Acuna as well in that matchup. All right, Vansel. Um, Vlad or Bregman? I believe I picked Vlad winning this one. Yeah, I think I'm probably... I, I would like Vlad, Vlad in that matchup as well. Um, Brock, uh, Jock or Matt Chapman? Jock. Jock. I picked Jock over Vlad in that matchup as well. I got Jack or Jock on that side of the championship. Jack. <laughs> so we all picked Alonzo, correct? Yes. So Alonzo v. Acuna. Uh, oh, you picked Santana? Santana yeah. So Santana versus Acuna for Brock. Acuna. I think that's probably safe. Um, Alonzo or, you said Bell? Yep. Alonzo or Bell? Bell. Bell. I picked Alonzo over Acuna. So I've got Alonzo and Jock in the championship. Um, what does your championship look like, Brock? Acuna and Jock. Acuna and Jock. Who's your champion? I have Jock winning it. Jock wins it all. What about you? Who's your champion? Uh, so I have Bell versus um, Vlad, and I have Bell winning. So we have Jock, Bell, and I picked Alonzo. $5? I'm down. $5 around the board? If our guy wins. If our guy wins, correct. And if none of us win, then we all suck. Um, all right. Uh, I think that's going to round out the podcast. Pretty even hour there. 
Um, July 7th, hopefully everybody had a good July 4th. Um, nice weekend, good holiday. Um, yeah, thanks for listening to our podcast.